the topic before us today is grace and truth. Grace and truth. Let's turn our Bible to the book of John chapter 1. The gospel of Jesus Christ according to St. John. We will read 1 to 17. I read. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shined in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God, whose name was John. Verse 7. The same came for a witness, to bear witness of the light, that all men through him might believe. He was not the light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which lighteneth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. Verse 12. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Verse 14. And the word was made flesh, and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bare witness of him and cried, saying, This was he of whom I speak. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me, and of his fullness have all we received, and grace for grace. Verse 17 where we shall stop the reading. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. May the Lord bless the reading of his word in the name of Jesus. There is an ultimate harvest that we all as children of God must partake in. That is the ingathering of the saints. And to partake of it, total obedience what guarantees eternity with Christ in his kingdom. Total obedience is what guarantees eternity with Christ in his kingdom. Let's see what disobedience can cause. 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 22 to 23. And Samuel said, Have the Lord as great delight in both offerings and sacrifices, as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. I read that again. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected thee from being king. Now, in that place that we read, he said it is better to obey than to sacrifice. For example, they give you mosquito net and say, put this mosquito net when you want to sleep in the night so that you don't have malaria. You say, how? Malaria? Yeah, mosquitoes will bite you because when they bite you, you will have malaria. Say, oh, 
That's why you sleep under the net. You say no problem. You now got to. You now did not sleep under the mosquito bed. You now went and bought uh, malaria medicine. That when I have malaria, I will use medicine. Now, when mosquito now bites you, and you have that malaria, your body will go through a process of pain for some days. After you get well, nobody will talk to that person before you start sleeping under mosquito net. That it's better to sleep under this mosquito net. Why? I won't waste my money to go and buy medicine. Then two, I will not even have pain in my body. Obedience is better than sacrifice. In that scripture, he said rebellion, that is disobedience, is as the sin of witchcraft. In the Old Testament, according to the law, what did God say to, uh, God said they should do to anybody, anybody that is caught in witchcraft? They should stone the person, kill the person. So, the judgment for rebellion, for disobedience, is death. We will not die untimely in the mighty name of Jesus. And because King Saul disobeyed, he did not obey the instruction that God gave unto him, the kingdom was taken away from him. What belongs to you? You will not lose it to disobedience in the mighty name of Jesus. Now let's go on. Verse 14 and 17 of that scripture that we read. It says, And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. Glorious of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Full of grace and truth. Full of grace and truth. Jump to verse 17. Verse 17 says, For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. The law was given by Moses, the prophets came after, but grace and truth far supersede the two. The law, when they were coming out, there was law that was given to them. If this happened, this is what should happen. If this happened, this is what they are going to do. If these and these are done, or, or people do this, this is the judgment that they are going to face. Now, they come to a point in time that they need definite instruction. Like, God, should we attack these people in this way, or should we go in this way? God now raised up prophets for them to give them the rema. That's why it is written that the law and the prophets... In the New Testament, you see that each time they mention the law, they mention the prophets too. Each time that they need to hear the voice of the law, they don't have to go and consult the book of the law and say, okay, we want to see how to proceed in this battle. No, they need rema. They need to hear God on how to proceed on that journey or on that battle to have victory over the enemy. That was the reason why prophets were raised in the Old Testament. But now, in the New Testament, it says, but grace and truth came by Jesus. In that verse 17 of that place that we read, he said, for the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Luke 16, 16. The law and the prophets were until John. Since that time, the kingdom of God is preached. And every man pressed into it from the time of John. This is Jesus speaking there. He said, the law and the prophets were until the time of John. But from now, it is grace and truth that we preach. And now grace and truth supersedes 
the law and the prophets. Moses symbolized the law. Elijah symbolizes the prophets. God proved the superiority of Jesus, who symbolized grace and truth, to the aforementioned two. In the book of Matthew chapter 17, Matthew chapter 17 from verse 1, Jesus took three people, Peter, he took James and John, and took them to a mountain. And the Bible says he was transfigured before them. In the parallel passage, you don't need to go to that place, leave it here. In the parallel passage, in Luke chapter 9 verse 28, they were sleeping. The three of those guys were sleeping, Peter, James, and John. When they woke up, they saw Jesus transfigured. And they were like, hey, you know, Peter, always talking. He was the one that quickly spoke. Now, when Jesus was transfigured before them, Moses, the, uh, the, uh, Moses appeared there. Okay, verse 2. And was transfigured before them, and his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white. Verse 3. And behold, there appeared unto them Moses and Elias talking with him. Moses and Elijah were talking with Jesus. So when Peter saw it, he quickly spoke. Then answered Peter and said unto Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If thou wilt, let us make here three tabernacles, one for thee and one for Moses and one for Elias. Verse 5. While he here spake, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and behold, a voice out of the cloud, which said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. Verse 6. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their faces and were so afraid. Verse 7. And Jesus came and touched them and said, Arise and be not afraid. Let's see verse 8 too. And when they had lifted up their eyes, they saw no man save Jesus only. What happened in that place? When Peter saw, he equated Moses and Elijah with Jesus. That they are on the same level. He said it out. The others might not say it out. And when he said it out, he said, ah, if you wish, Lord, let us make three tabernacles here. One for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. God interjected him from heaven. This is my beloved son. Hear ye him. He's only one person. He's only one person you must listen to. It's no longer about the law and the prophets. It is about this my beloved son. When they asked Jesus, have you come to abolish the law? He said, no, I've not come to abolish the law. I have come to fulfill it. I have come to fulfill the law. Now, this New Testament church that we are under, this Christianity that we are doing now, there are two main ingredients for it, which are grace and truth. Sadly, modern preachers preach hyper-grace messages with little or no mention of the truth. I remember when one pastor was preaching, in, uh, when we were in Portacourt, the pastor was preaching and he said, the saying that you are going to commit tomorrow, God has already forgiven you, which is true. But the same Bible says, can we continue in sin and ask grace to abound? Now, he did not go into that aspect. When he said that there's this guy that likes women, hey, Sammy, his name is Sammy, when the preacher said it, that even the sin that you are going to commit tomorrow, God has forgiven you. He jumped up. He said, hallelujah. <laughs> we knew what was going on in his mind. My partner, the pastor, he said, after the service, Sammy, don't go and commit sin. He began to preach to him, to balance the scripture to him that don't think it is an excuse 
for you to go and commit sin. Now, we preach grace more. And why do we preach grace more nowadays? It's for people just to come. There are some people that they are not going. And they will still hinder people from going. Have you seen Agbero stop any of these vehicles that are traveling before? They are not traveling. No. But once a vehicle stops and carry passenger, they will block the vehicle. You must give us money today. They are not going and they will begin to hinder another person that is going on journey. There are some people like that. Now, the, the gospel that must be preached in our contemporary time is the gospel of grace and the gospel of truth. Is the gospel of grace and the gospel of truth. We should not tilt to one side. It must be balanced. Now, whether you are in America, Americans are not the, they are not the standard. They are not the custodian of Christianity. It is the Jews. It started from the Jews. The Americans are not the custodian. Say, you see people, you sag and come and say, yeah, we are doing American style. We want to minister in any... Can't try that here. We will bind you with cable wire. Thank God we don't have those kind of, <laughs> we don't have those kind of people here. You see, I see people, mature man, that has a, a, that so, a supposed responsible man. Frying is a, you do twisting beat. Ah! Frying beat, picking one day, we just did it. <laughs> Remove him. A mature man, not one child, not two, not three. I used to sing with four children. And yet, you are still doing that kind of thing. There are some things that uh, adults should take away from you now. It's not in our culture that we should be doing on any of those things. The, the African culture is closely related to the Jewish culture. So anything that is against African culture, you see some women, when they want to come and minister, the trousers that they are wearing will be tight on their body. Lord have mercy. That is not the kind of Christianity that we should be practicing. The kind of Christianity that we should be practicing is that of grace and truth. In Matthew chapter 5 verse 13 and 14. Matthew chapter 5 verse 13 and 14. Jesus said, Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt have lost its savour, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing. But to be cast out and to be trodden under foot of men. Verse 14. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. During our retreat we spoke about this. The, the chemical component of salt is sodium chloride. Sodium and chloride. If you take ordinary sodium, you mix it and drink it, you may die. If you take ordinary chloride and drink it, it's even bleaching agent. <laughs> it will bleach the whole of your inside. It's like drinking hypo. Hypo is a bleaching agent too. What will hypo do if somebody drink it? Death. Now, these two compounds that are poison-like, if they combine the two together, it becomes sodium chloride, which is salt that we are using to cook. Grace and truth are just like that too. Grace alone can kill. Truth alone, if you don't balance it with grace, it can kill. I've seen in, in uh, God's general, Joko, the man died at age 38, right? Because he's an hyper-grace preacher. He focused more on grace. And he took some things for granted, even his health. He was eating anyhow. He was not balancing the gospel with the truth. And he died untimely. Was God using him? Yes, powerfully. And on this end, you see people that are on the truth. The side of the truth. They will say, I will not eat this 
until God speak to me. You see people that will not forgive themselves for maybe one wrong thing that they have done in time past. And they will still be holding grudge against themselves. After God has forgiven you, the truth of the scripture is that once you ask for forgiveness of sin, God has forgiven you. Now, you must balance the two. You must balance the two up. If you focus more on one, it's dangerous. Now, let us go on. If you want to cook a goosey soup, we know the ingredients. Vegetable, a goosey, eh? fish, meat, oil, and everything. And when we want to cook that soup, when you begin to cook that soup, and you begin to put all the ingredients, and you don't put salt, the soup will not be sweet. And everybody will be like, ah, this soup is not sweet. If there's salt available, you will do what you say, give me salt, and let me put salt into it. Now, if your Christianity is lacking anything, and you know, you must begin to add it to your Christianity. You must begin to add it to your Christianity. Now, what is grace and what is truth? Grace is the person of Jesus Christ and the finished work of salvation that he did on the cross of Calvary for us. The sacrifice that he paid. The death that you should die, he died it for you. The suffering that you should go through, that I should go through, he went through for, for us. The poverty that we should suffer, the sicknesses that we should carry, he carried everything for us. That is what grace. What you should suffer, he suffered it for us. God's riches at Christ's expense. And what is truth? Truth is the principle that Jesus preaches. Hebrews chapter 8 from verse 10. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days. See the Lord. I will put my laws into their mind and write them in their hearts. And I will be to them a God. And they shall be to me a people. And they shall not teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother. Saying, know, know the Lord. For all shall know me from the least to the greatest. Verse 12. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness, and their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. Verse 13. In that he said a new covenant, he had made the first old. Now that which decayed and waxed old is ready to vanish away. In the Old Testament, they have the law that they need to go and consult. Maybe two people fight. They will go and meet the judges or the priests, and they will bring out the law for them. Now, God is saying that in the New Testament, I will write my law on their heart. I will write my law on their heart. And they will not have need of anybody teaching anybody and say, know the law. Because already it is in your heart. When you want to do something that is wrong, the Holy Spirit will tell you. We tell your spirit, your spirit will convict you and say, what you want to do is wrong. You want to lie. You know within yourself that what you want to do is not good. It is continuous disobedience that sears our, our conscience, that makes God not to speak again to such individual. Since they've been catching armed robbers or criminals in the world, have you seen anyone that they caught and it's like, he's looking big? I don't know how to explain it. When they are committing crime, they look very big, like giants. But the moment they are caught, you'll be like, ah, so now this small thing, come the shallow or say. They will be calm. 
and sober. Now, what happened? Their conscience has been reawakened after they have seen the repercussion of the act that they have committed. Don't let us wait to heaven before we have that kind of change of heart. And these are the kind of truth that the, the church should be preaching. Many people will get to heaven before they understand and say, Ah, may that not be our lot, may that not be our portion in the mighty name of Jesus. He said, I will write it on their heart. I will write it on their heart. And they will not have need of anybody teaching anyone again. Let us go to chapter 10, verse 16. Chapter 10, verse 16 of that same book of Hebrews. We'll read to verse 23. This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts, and in their minds I will write them. Then he adds, their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. Now, where there is remission of this, there is no longer an offering for sin. Verse 19, therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Still talking about the work, the works that Jesus has done, that is grace. By a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh and having a high priest over the house of God. 22. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith having our hearts sprinkled from, all, from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Verse 23. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. Verse 23 on this place says, Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. When they ask you, what is your profession? I'm a footballer. What is your profession? I'm a teacher. What is your profession? I'm, a, I'm an engineer. What does it mean by profession? What are you doing? The thing that you are doing that is that you are making a living from that you are drawing a living from. Now, the word of God is telling us in that place that hold fast to the profession of the principles that the man, Jesus, grace, has brought for us. Hold fast to it. Don't hold only the grace. Don't hold only the personality of Jesus. You must practice those things that he preached. We believe in the person of Jesus by faith and practice the principles that he preached. You must be a doer of the word. You must be a doer of the word. Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 to 23. Matthew chapter 7, 21 to 23. He said, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. He that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Verse 22 says, Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works. Verse 23, And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that walk iniquity. Another translation says, ye workers of what? Iniquity. When you are not practicing the principle of Jesus Christ, what are you doing? That's iniquity. The Bible will say uh, disobedience. I came across that as a, as a teenager. When you disobey, he call it wicked. It's not until when we carry something and kill that the Bible will judge anybody wicked. When you disobey the instruction of God, 
The Bible calls such a person wicked. That was why Joseph said, and how can I do this great wickedness? When you disobey, when you commit sin, it's wickedness before God. When you have that understanding, the fear of that will make us to say, I don't want to commit any great wickedness against God. And per adventure, you make mistake. That is balancing the gospel. The grace will now speak for you that of my son. Continue. It's a mistake that you have made. You have fallen. Rise up and continue. And continue moving on. John 14, 15. He said, if ye love me, keep my commandments. Jesus, this is Jesus speaking. He said, if ye love me, keep my commandments. The commandments has S. That is, it's not obeying one, living one. You must obey all the commandments. 15, 14. John 15, 14. Ye are my friends. If ye do whatsoever, I command you. Now, Jesus said, if you do what I ask you to do, you are my friend. When Jesus is talking about love, boyfriend, girlfriend, love is about emotion. Hey, I love him. I cannot sleep without him. I carry phone and be, cha- I be chatting and be thinking about it. In marriage, love is work. Love is work. I used to tell my wife, I said, love in marriage is work. Where you see something that <laughs> you don't like this thing, but you must live with it. For example, if I'm the kind of person that when I come back from work, I'll just remove shoe, put one here, put one there. And she, she doesn't like that one. She likes the whole house being arranged. She must adapt to it. Now in nature be that. And look at our parents. You see some things in them. We look at our parents and be like, ah, how did mommy cope with this? How did daddy cope with this? It is because they worked it out. They refuse to allow it to bother them anymore. There are some people that cannot sleep with light. And some must sleep with light. With light. They will balance it. That is what? Working it out. And you see some people, they must not hear any care. If you hear any care like this, ah, my wife, if she hear care, she don't wake up. And me, locomotive. <laughs> you reach time where we say, if you don't hear the, the locomotive engine, sleep no go come. That is what? Working it out. Now, the same is with God. When you say you love God, you work it out. How? By obeying the commandments that he has given unto you. God, I love you. God, I love you. God, I love you. Poor, somebody is poor near you. And you are looking at the person. You didn't give the person food. And you say you love the person. That's not, you don't love God. He said, how can you say you love me when you don't love your neighbor that you are seeing? Somebody is hungry. And you are looking at the person. Eh, hey, make hungry killer. She be invite him to my church. You know, come. Make that hungry killer. No. You must show forth the love of God to that person. That is what? Practicing. The principles of Jesus. James chapter 1, verse 21. James chapter 1, verse 21. Still talking about being a doer of the word. He said, Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. Now, when we became born again, it's our spirit that became regenerated. Our soul every day must be renewed. As wrong thoughts come into your mind, you must purge them with what? The word of God. A thought is coming to you and say, go and do something that is wrong. You use the word of God to counter it. When the devil come and say, turn this stone to bread, he say, man shall not live by bread alone. You are countering it to the word of God. That's what this verse is talking about. That receive with meekness 
the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. You must continue to dwell in the word of God to save your souls because the soul is not regenerated. It must be saved daily. It's only the spirit that is regenerated, regenerated once and for all. But the soul must continually be saved with the word of God. Verse 22, he said, But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own self. When you say you love and you are not practicing it, what are you doing? You are deceiving yourself. You don't love. What you preach, you must practice it. Matthew chapter 25 from verse 31. He said, When the Son of Man shall come in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory. And before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divided his sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left hand. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Verse 35. For I was an hunger, that is, I was hungry, and ye gave me meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me in. Verse 36. Naked, and ye clothed me. I was sick, and ye visited me. I was in prison, and ye came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee and hungered, and fed thee, or thirsty, and we gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger, and took thee in, or naked, and clothed thee? Verse 39. Or when saw we thee sick, or in prison, and came unto thee? And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these, my brethren, ye have done it unto me. So when you are doing good to people, you are doing it unto God. If you go down that passage, he carries some people and he put them on the other side and said, I was hungry, you didn't give me food. I was naked, you did not give me clothing. And I was in prison, you didn't check me. And he said, God, when did you see you and we didn't do that? He said, because you didn't do it to die your neighbor, you did not do it for me. So the principle of Jesus, you must practice it. Jesus is coming to reward works. Revelation twenty two twelve. Revelation twenty two twelve. And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me to give every man according as his works shall be. Verse thirteen. I am Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are they that do His commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life, and may enter in through the gates into the into the city. For without are dogs and sorcerers and warmongers and murderers and idolaters and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. When you don't have the truth, what do you have? You are a lie. You are a liar. When you don't have the truth in you, what you have in you is a lie. Now he's talking about that place that when you obey my commandments and you do the works that I command you, you will inherit, you will be rewarded for the work that you have done. Let's see this scripture before we bring it to a close. First John chapter 2. First John chapter 2. Let's start reading from verse 1. My little children, these things write I unto you, that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Verse 2. And he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And hereby we do know that we know him, 
if we keep his commandments, that is, if we practice his principles, if we do those things that he asked us to be doing, verse 4, he that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. What did Jesus come to bring? Grace and truth. When you are not practicing the principle of Jesus, the truth is not in you. And such a person is a liar, according to the word of God. Verse 5. But whosoever keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God. Look at it. When you are doing that which God has commanded you, that is, you are showing love for God. Verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. Brethren, remember where we started from. There is an ultimate harvest that we all, as children of God, must partake in. And that is the ingathering of the saints. To partake of that harvest. Because Jesus is coming. You must practice the ingredients of the Christianity that he brought. That is, the grace and the truth. When we were young, the way they used to tell us, it was like Jesus will come tomorrow. I don't even think that we will get to year 2000 before Jesus will come. There was somebody that even deceived the whole world in 1994. That man deceived the whole world and said, Jesus is coming. Come and see people selling properties. It happened in 94, it happened in 2000. People were selling property. I was in secondary school that time. People that have money, they were buying people's property. Those that don't believe in Jesus day. And they sold everything. Come and see some people. They drank and drank and drank. I must enjoy my money before Jesus comes. They, <laughs> they eat and ate and everything. That day they say Jesus will come. From morning to night, nothing happened. For night, almost everybody, I know almost everybody this day say, may this thing will catch me for night. The next day we woke up, we came to school and we were like, oh boy, I see you at least, you did here. <laughs> If you don't go, I don't go. At least you will day here. Ah, this one today. This one today. See, anybody go for your house? Nobody go. This person will not say they serve God. You don't go. You be like, say this thing a lie. Now from there, radio come begin to talk. Say, who deceived the whole world? <laughs> Nobody talked before. That one go. People began to lament. Yay. They have deceived him. You. He has sold everything that he had. In year 2000, Y2K compliant. That one too came. People were selling their properties. That Y2K compliant, everything will crash. Then we crossed from 99 to 2000. From 2000 to 2001, nothing happened. We are, now we are in 2021. Now look at it. If they say Jesus is coming, he's very near that time. Now, how is it? <laughs> very, 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 very near. You must be prepared. Then when I want to sleep in the night... It's when I want to sleep in the night I become born again. I'll be like, hey! That's bad thing that I did. Only me on the bed, Jesus, forgive me. I will never do it again in my life. Why am I doing that? <laughs> so that if you come in the sleep, I will go. <laughs> I will go with you. The next morning I wake up like this. Ah, the next mischievous act to commit is what I'm thinking about. I don't forget the repentance of yesternight. And it's when I want to sleep in the night again. I say, hey. But I promised Jesus yesterday that I will not do this thing again. There's this fear that was coming then. Now, you can be sure. You can be sure of salvation by having the Holy Spirit in you. By accepting the person of Jesus, the grace, and practicing the principles that he preaches. You can be sure. I want you to bow down your head and pray this solemn prayer. Lord Jesus, I reaffirm myself to you. 
I rededicate myself to you. You are rededicating yourself. It's not as if that you backslided. No, you are just reaffirming yourself back onto him. Lord, I accept you again. I will not depart from you. I will not depart from you. Now tell God, the grace to practice your principle, the grace to do your will, the grace to follow your commandments, always, Father, grant unto me, in the mighty name of Jesus, the grace to follow you to the end, Father, grant unto me, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, mighty Father. Glory, honor, majesty be unto your holy name. In Jesus' mighty and wonderful name, we have prayed. In Jesus' most holy name, we have prayed.